cliffcentral.com. So, so Brett, let me just uh, let people know what we're doing here because it's only week two. Um, yeah. we've, we've obviously been forced to reconfigure our whole lives because of lockdown. And the question that we're asking this morning is, couldn't we have thought of a better way to handle the coronavirus? Now, you've, you've got some pretty weird ideas, always come from left field. And it's one of the reasons that I want to have you on the show and, and, and that we're talking to you every week. But obviously, we, we know about the mental health, the economic destitution, the fact that Families have been damaged by this community, society as a whole. And the worst of it is the idea that when lockdown ends, the virus resumes and you're back where you started. So there's no exit strategy being planned. Politicians are the most useless people to manage this thing because politicians are only actually interested in themselves. So they're just going to try and do whatever it is that will get them the least amount of blame and that will keep them in their jobs because they need to win popularity contests to stay in their jobs. So we're going to discuss that, an alternative to lockdown and how we might have been able to do this better. So Brett Cohen, for those of you who don't know, he's from the gas company. He's back for a new feature called The Alternative, which we started last week. And we'll take an alternative look at things once a week. And and this means viewpoints, um, you know, alternative solutions to, to problems that we've got, just like the gas company is into alternative energy. You know, you don't need to um, rely on ESCOM. God knows we can't because <laughs> if you do, you, your fridge is not going to work. Your stove's not going to work. You're going to be screwed. You can't even make your cup of tea like I'm having here this morning because it's if I had beautiful a cup. if I had a gas stove, though, I would never have to worry about this stuff. All we, have, all we have to do, Brett, is figure out a way to do, like, gas internet. Well, it can be done. You know, you can use gas to generate electricity. In fact, we do in times of crisis in South Africa. They use gas, natural gas, diesel. They've got all sorts of generators generating electricity when the, when the coal power, power plants aren't manufacturing enough. So it can be done. Um, you know, uh, that's not a big problem. Look, the, the bottom line is you know, not just energy. You don't want to rely on the state for anything. No, Absolutely. I think we make a mistake. I think part of the reason why politicians get away with what they get away with globally is because everybody in their own little small community seems to think that this is a localized problem. But the mess in government is a global problem. It's the same everywhere yeah, in the world. Absolutely. But everybody, nobody seems to be pushing up against it. Everybody seems to be going, well, this is just our government that's screwed. Uh, I don't know. The Norwegians have got it right. You know, yeah. so, so what you're saying is so true. I mean, we spoke to Tim Cully on Monday morning. He's, he's from England, and his parents are going through the, the worst at the moment because they're in their very hard lockdown, and they might, just, they might be that way until Christmas. You've got people like um, the governor of California and the uh, governor of New York saying to Americans, you can't spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with your families. I mean, can you imagine that? If you are told by government that you can't go and be with the people you love at that time of year. That is where you've got to – someone's got to wake up and go, actually, I'm not going to let politicians tell me what I can and can't do. And I'm not, a, I'm not afraid enough of this virus for it to put me in a position where I can't even be with my family. Are you kidding? Bullshit. Yeah, it's insane, but it's, it's even worse than that. I don't know if you've noticed. Like, there's this, this catchphrase that everybody seems to have nowadays. As soon as we see something that we don't like, remember we spoke about the woke mob last week and sort of and righteousness. As soon as we see something that we feel doesn't have a moral high ground, we're behaving in a way that's inappropriate, then the government needs to step in and correct it. That's, that's become 
our belief structure. Yeah. That's kind of what we want. And that's the most insane way of thinking about the world. Well, before we talk about the alternative ways we could have handled the lockdown, I just want to hear your thoughts on something that was a big story yesterday. And we've talked about it a little bit this morning. But these social media platforms, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey had to appear in front of the Senate yesterday. And I'm really torn because I don't want government interfering in private businesses and I don't want government regulating private business as far as possible. They should stay the hell out of it. Um, you know, again, you're giving power to politicians. And when you do that, you very seldom get it back. Um, but at the same time, you've got people like Jack Dorsey, who's frankly running a platform that's doing more damage than good, if you ask me. And Twitter is having a a negative influence on many people, um, mental health-wise, from a point of view of nastiness, let alone hate speech and influencing elections. So how do you feel that that should go down? Because you, you don't want the government to regulate them, but at the same time, they can't be allowed to just do whatever the money directs them to do because they, they have huge influence on, on the population. That's a complicated problem. I, I think to start off with, if you're banning something or if you're trying to ban something, you're probably doing it wrong right off the bat. It's kind of like the same argument as if you rear-end a car, it's your fault. It's kind yeah. of the same thing. There's very, very, very rare cases where banning is the right approach. Right. To the thing. Okay. Uh, the second big problem over there is that you don't, you, now you've got this sort of mix. Is it government regulating it or is it regulating itself? Is this a private company or is it a government regulated company that's kind of a private company? So now you've got a world where the government's telling them what to do. They're being directed by ad and ad revenue. Uh, it's going to be really messy trying to understand how this thing's going to fit together. Number two. Number three, uh, free speech is primary. It should never, ever be banned, whether it's hate speech or yeah. not hate speech. I think that I think that I'm going to say something very controversial now. A lot of people will be very angered with me, but you have the right to be an asshole. You, in fact, have the right to hate. You have the right to not like other people. You have the right to judge other people. Right. What you don't have the right to do is influence the outcome of that person's life. So your rights are not allowed to impose on another person's rights. Right. But that doesn't mean that the moment we're saying you're not allowed to think something or you're not allowed to say something, you're effectively saying you're not allowed to think something. And so we're going into a very, very Orwellian world relatively quickly. Yes, Twitter is a frightening engine, but the government controlling Twitter is a much more frightening outcome. Absolutely, because they can back that up, you know, with, with, with state force. It's the same way they get you to pay your taxes. They're the only ones with a gun. <laughs> Hundred percent, and you know there, there could be there's a there's a, a conspiracy theorist in me that says the government would love to have control over the social media platforms, oh, like they had yes. control over the, over the normal media platforms for many years. Yeah. Um, so there's a bigger game at play over here. Jack Dorsey's mad, uh, but I actually think in some ways Twitter is the nicest of the platforms because it's unpolished, because it's it's so rude and crass. Mm. Uh, but I can see I can see the concerns around it. I can see the issues around that. Uh, I think the people need to work out how to regulate that. Uh, All right. So if, and- if you were in government, because this is something I've thought about a lot, but I honestly don't have answers. I know you've spent a lot of time thinking about this. You read an, an enormous amount about this. And you've obviously had, having run your business through lockdown, you must have learned some interesting lessons too. <laughs> so tell me about the alternative ways we could have handled the lockdown. So I think the lockdown, if we have a look at... The lock, lockdown shouldn't happen uh, uh, at all. I don't think we should be locking anything down. Again, you're back to banning. You're effectively saying, right, everybody's equal. Everybody has an equal chance of dying of this virus. We're all sort of equally susceptible. Uh, what about grandma? Nobody's allowed to leave the house. Right. It's an insane. It, it's a, it's a, you're clubbing it with a brick instead of trying to find the nuance in it and trying to solve this, the problem more. 
sensibly. Yeah. I think probably a, a much, much cleverer approach. I mean, if we, if we just talk about the finance first to set this thing up so that I can show you where we're going. If we, if we talk about the money that was collected, if we have a look at what happened in May or March or whenever the thing kicked in in South Africa and we started talking about lockdown and we started mm -hmm. having, I think it was April, started having a look at what needs to happen. Uh, Patrice put some money up, the De Beers put some money up, the Anglo-Americans put some money up, a whole lot of money came into a fund. I think they had three billion rand at one yeah, stage in the fund. that's right. The three billion rand was out in a month. It was gone. It was dedicated to businesses that were in trouble. It was dedicated to, I don't know, some of it was stolen, I suppose. I don't know where all the money went. Uh, but that's a lot of money. It's a reasonable amount of money. That's uh, over and above what the government set aside to do it with and what other provisions have been put in place, money being borrowed, money's being printed out of thin air, money's sort of all over the show in terms of that. Um, and yet all the economies globally are in real trouble. And I think we, we must again talk about this isn't a South African problem, this is a global problem. South Africa really is following what the rest of the world is doing to a large extent. Correct. Everybody except Sweden, it would appear. Um, so if you'd taken all that money and you'd said, right, who is highly susceptible? Who is comorbid? Who stands a chance of losing their life? Or who is at real risk of uh, death mm -hmm. in, in, in this scenario. We know the numbers. We knew the numbers in April already. The Chinese told us the numbers. They told us that children are fine to a very large extent. The morbidity rate in children is less than 0.1%. Right. Um, and as would you go older and older and older, like all diseases, it ratchets up. But in the case of COVID, what seemed to happen is as we get to 60, 70, 80, it really ratchets up. That's why you see a place like Italy was decimated because they have a relatively old population. Mm. Then decimated again, it's going to happen again. The UK, I guess, maybe also has a relatively old population. I don't know why yeah. their numbers are quite as ugly as they are. You have those sort of problems. So a cleverer approach might be to say, right, if you, these are the things that make you, that make you susceptible. Publish it, make it known, use the Gareth Cliff show, use the SABC if you absolutely have to. Let the people know <laughs> that these are the things that, that we think put you at risk. If you can identify as somebody who's at risk in this thing, then it's on you to do what you need to do. What we will do is we will make funds available, that three billion plus, 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 and we will pump it into the health sector. Yes. Because that's where the money is going to be needed. And you will be able to apply. So if you are comorbid and you have a high risk of dying or of really being severely impacted by this thing, we will make a fund available to you. You can apply. We will make sure that the, the, your employer cannot fire you. You are protected for the duration of your, your illness or the, the time that you need to be defended in this illness. And we will look after those numbers. And everybody else, those who are comorbid and are prepared to take the risk, and everybody who feels like I'm relatively safe, this thing's not actually affecting me, can carry on with their normal lives. So we're still generating money. We still have an economy. We're still building up funds that we can pump into the same COVID fund next year and keep the world going. That, to me, would have been a much more sensible approach than this yeah, you mindless. Know, here's the, here's the, worry, the, the worry I have, and it was brought up by a friend of mine last night. He said, the problem is now that government have figured out that they can do something like a lockdown, they're going to use this as an excuse to do all kinds of other stupid shit in the future. They have already. That's part of the reason why they've gone with a lockdown. That's why it's been popular, especially in the UK and the US, because they, they so strongly influence us. It's, it's actually yeah. staggering and a little bit sickening. But be that as it may, that's a different conversation. The, yeah. the, the US um, uh, governmental system, their, their whole sort of uh, political system is opportunistic and on the front foot, make no mistake, they're aggressive and they're reasonably corrupt. And when they saw that there was an opportunity to pass martial law over here and to have 
uh, an environment where the laws that get passed don't have to go through the usual process to be vetted, yeah. they jumped on it. And no, so did ours, and so did every other government I, in the world. I think who if I was in government, I'd probably do it myself. Yeah, I mean, it's a way for them to aggregate power, and who doesn't want to 100%. get more power to themselves, you know? So I, I totally agree with your, your measure. I mean, there's actually a name for it. I think it's called uh, focused group... Uh, isolation or something like that. I can't remember exactly what right. the term is for it, but this is precisely, obviously, you know, with the benefit of, of hindsight, you know, everybody has twenty twenty vision. But this is the right. way. If we, if we're ever stuck with any of this stuff going forward, if let's say there's a new virus that comes out or there's some other, we should really approach it having learned something. Because if we do exactly the same stupid things that we did this year, then we have no one to blame but ourselves. Look, I don't see that happening in the short term. I think in the longer term, perhaps, I think some political restructuring needs to happen globally. Um, and I think it's coming. I, I do feel like there's there's a lot of resentment towards how the system is put together at the moment. Yeah. There's a lot of talk also, you know, on the fringes of, of uh, how it will change in the future and what needs to happen. But I think until that political change happens, um, it's status quo. I mean, the World Health Organization, bless them for what they're worth, originally said lockdown is the way you have to do this, do it immediately, sort yourself out. That's what China did. They sorted their problems out, um, which we should get back to because it's quite an interesting scenario around China. Um, they've changed their mind 180 degrees now, and they're saying lockdown is the worst thing you can do. Please try avoid lockdown and find another way to solve right. this problem. So the organizations that we put in place after the Second World War, when we went through all of that pain and we started putting these things that, the, that NATO and the, the, the World Health Organization, the World Bank, all these other bits and pieces that we put together under the auspices of sort of having uh, central bodies that were neutral, that could control these things, have had to do nothing for 70 yeah. or 100 years. And so they've gotten fat and useless and, and really aren't providing the, the guidance that we need. We're, uh, we're in a leadership void. The, the governments around the world have no leadership in them, Spot or very rarely do. Absolutely. Uh, perhaps, perhaps we can name three or four in the world that really you can say are outstanding, if that many. Um, and in the organizations that are neutral that are supposed to be backing them up are, are either corrupt or just... I could not agree. I couldn't agree more. I think that's a spot on uh, summary of the of the problem from a global point of view. So listen, it's always good to to get your your point of view on this because I do think that it's um, it's unique. And you know, the the problem is that like lots of people have good ideas, but very few people actually are brave enough to say them. So it's it's good to hear yours. And and just so that we know, um, because I've been to your your place here in Centurion. It's just up the road, and you've got. Everything. Uh, what kinds of appliances are you guys uh, bringing in now? Because I know that there are lots of people who are thinking about going for gas. And, and it's not just the, the things that we would expect, like a gas stove or a gas um, fridge, for example. There are other things, too. I mean, like, what are the more interesting ones that you've got coming in at the moment? So to, in terms of energy supply, uh, you want a hybrid supply. I think it's a little, a little immature. A lot of people come in and say, we want to get off the grid. We want to look at an alternative. Sure. You know, Sure, I can I can see the justification for it. It's still very expensive to get off the grid that is. completely, and it, it requires a change of, of lifestyle. And that's the thing to realize: if you're prepared to change your lifestyle, if you're a bit of a hippie and you can live with some of the some of the changes that need to happen, then it makes sense. Uh, but to try get off the grid completely and not have grid backup at all in the current world where we are now um, probably isn't the right approach. You probably want a hybrid approach of some sort. So so we need to put that in there first. Uh, in terms of uh, the alternatives, you've got electricity, you've got gas. Uh, and a whole lot of other hydrocarbons that you could burn. Um, and then you've got uh, the renewables, which all effectively generate electricity in some yeah, form or sure. other, but generally don't generate enough, enough electricity for things that really need power, which are motors, 
which yeah. are quite a difficult problem to solve. Um, heating, cooling, um, and cooking and water heating are the areas where, where electricity doesn't really shine. It's pretty good at running the internet, like you've alluded to already. Um, <laughs> although, uh, if, if you saw the size of some of the some of the um, some of the machinery that Microsoft and Google put together, they actually sink them under the ocean to keep them cool. So there, there's quite a lot of power that goes into those things. Also, they certainly not run off uh, off solar power. Wow. Although they, they're converting too. Um, in terms of, of gas, where it, where it really shines, uh, water heating, yeah, space heating. Well, listen, cooking. you say water heating. I mean, I I only realized like the the thing that probably pushes up my electricity bill more than anything else is my kettle. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, geez, geezers, geezers, and kettle. Those are the things that are, are sucking up most of the energy. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And oven. You know, uh, if you yeah. bake in the oven a lot, I don't know. You know, different people cook differently, I, but the oven also uses uh, up quite a lot of power. Yeah, luckily that's not an issue in my house. I can't. I don't even know where to switch my oven on. You you, you stop off at a at a certain uh, white chicken white meat chicken place on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I, I don't think I could bake bread even if I if I had a master chef showing me how. I'd probably screw it up. All right, listen, this is all very, very helpful. We will chat to you again in a few days' time. Thank you so much, Brett. Always good to, to get your point of view. And you can find out more about the gas company. They're online as well. But um, I would advise you go and actually check the place out. It's pretty damn impressive. And they really they have uh, awesome staff, and they've got a whole – they can come in and, and set you up. I mean, they can, they can help you install. There are different ways to do it, different ways to pay for it. It's really, really cool. Go and take a look at them. All right. Thanks, Brett. Wow. What a punch. I should have had you as a wingman in my youth, mate. Dude, I'm, I only, listen, we only bring clients onto Cliff Central if we know that uh, their products are things that one or two of us use. And, I mean, I've, I've been there. I was, I was a client of yours before you were a client of mine. So. That's true. And That's then, Brett, great. I'm also here and very willing to write a, a theme song for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 stop, stop. This, I want to uh, set uh, you up. No, please, for God's sake. All right. Oh, come on, you got to let it run, Gareth. There's, there's something, yeah, this oh. is magic. <laughs> something I can do. I want to set you up. Yeah, I'm second thought, maybe Gareth's got a point here. <laughs> Let me save you from let me save you from embarrassment. All right, Brett. Thanks, man. Cheers, James. I appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Cheers, dude. Bye bye. Check you later. Cliffcentral.com.